Hey homies, I'm Katie, I'm Sydney, and this is Something Sick. Welcome. I was just going to say, happy Pride Month. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's all I can think of. That feels like the only appropriate hello to everyone. (laughs) We have one fun thing to say. We mailed out our first set of stickers. Yes. We sent them to a lot of random places. Yeah. (laughs) And even to Canada. Canada. We're so excited. (laughs) We went to the store, the post office, the store. The store. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the post office and we handed them the envelope and we said, this needs to go to Canada. Canada. (laughs) So it's exciting. He didn't even bat an eyelash though. He just told us they were out of international (laughs) stamps. But we were very excited. Yes. We were so excited. I think that's literally all we had to say. say. Yeah. But if you want a sticker and you haven't asked for one yet, we still have plenty. DM us. Yeah. Email us. No one emailed us. But That's okay. But we want to send you stickers. So. Slide into our DMs. Yes, please. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> I would hope. No, you haven't had any weird no. DMs. <laughs> anyway, that's not an invitation to give us any no. weird DMs. But no, no. anyway. Well. So. And we jumping right in? Yes. We're not, I'm not doing a haunted one this week. Katie's mixing it up. I'm trying, there's only so many like super cool, cool haunted places that I can find a good amount of information on. And I don't want to just use them all up. Yeah. We'll have plenty when season three of Destination Fear I know. comes out. I'm so excited. <sighs> We're going to have to do a Waverly bonus episode or something like little episode to talk about that episode yeah. of destination Fear. spoiler they're going to waverly <laughs> but, but cool yes so what are we talking about well kind of like last week it's not like well i guess kind of like last week this one also has to do with a movie title but in a different way but it has to do with the movie title yeah this is the twilight murders which i don't know if sydney i think sydney's probably heard it i've heard i think i've heard morbid's episode on it but yeah. i don't fully remember. remember okay well i this one stood out to me I i'm don't excited because i don't know a whole lot about this one so i'm excited it's not like anything like hugely different than another well, one, but yeah. you know anyways i still think it's interesting but anyway are you ready i'm ready okay in april 2016 at the age of 14 kim edwards and lucas markham became the youngest double murderers in britain i didn't know it was britain yeah Interesting. Okay. So not in the U.S. So first, <laughs> I'm going to give you background on each of them just to set the scene so you can understand. You won't understand them better. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. So first, Kim Edwards. We'll start with her. So Kim lived with her mom, Elizabeth, and her younger sister, Katie. Not me, everyone, just so you know. <laughs> but she was a year, so Katie was a year younger than her. And they lived in a town called Spalding. These are not that hard. I just feel like I'm going to say them somewhere. <laughs> Spalding in southern Lincolnshire, England. Okay. Which I told Sydney was really weird. Never heard of that place. And I was researching this. And then I went on my Instagram Explore page and just clicked on a random picture. And it was like the location was this place in England. And I was like, what are the odds? It's weird. I guess it was kind of big, but who knows? <laughs> so Kim also has an older half sister named Mary who lived with her own family about two hours away. And I only mentioned her because they some of the articles I read like interviewed her. And okay. I have a couple quotes from her. Also, like Sydney's episode, I have a lot of quotes and stuff. So then in 2008, 
Elizabeth, the mom, got into a fight with Kim over something that had to do with the TV, and she hit Kim, who was five or six at the time. And after this fight, though, Elizabeth reported herself to social services, Mm. and Kim and Katie were both taken into temporary care. Like, but it was temporary, so like they're like, we are going to give them back to you, which probably had to do with her reporting herself for doing it. I've never heard of that. No. So it's very interesting. I also don't know how England's Mm -hmm. foster care and stuff like, or like any of that works. So maybe I could have looked into it, but I didn't. So Elizabeth and Kim's relationship became more and more strained as Kim truly started to believe that Elizabeth liked Katie more than her. Mm. And yeah. And eventually Kim also accused Elizabeth of trying to strangle her in 2013. But Katie and Elizabeth were like, that didn't happen which is like, I don't know. It's yeah. family stuff, so it's mm-hmm. hard. Like, if I don't know how it actually went down, but yeah. that was an accusation that was made. Nothing came of it, really, though. So then later on, Kim threatened to run away and wrote a suicide note. And Elizabeth found that note, and that actually led her to call for an emergency psychiatric assessment for Kim. Mm-hmm. And somehow, no one found any signs of mental illness, which I would say writing a suicide note is a sign of mental illness or yeah, something like is wrong. There's a sign that something's going on that yeah. you need to look further into. Yeah. There's a mental health problem at yeah. least. Like something is not right there. But that kind of ties in later. Mm-hmm. And so I also thought that was, I was just like, if someone said that nothing was wrong there, keep that in your head because I feel like, I don't know, it's a red flag. So then the family kind of started to go to therapy together, according to Good. Kim's older sister, Mary. We love that. Yeah. And she said... I have a quote from her about it. Like they said, they started to do better. She was like, everything was really good. We were really close. The family was in a really good place. Everyone was really settled. My mom was really settled. The girls were happy at school. Everyone was getting along really fine. But then Kim started to date Lucas Markham at the age of 13. And Kim and Elizabeth's relationship got more challenging. Mm -hmm. So now Lucas Markham, (laughs) he also had a very difficult and complicated childhood when he was four his parents who were really violent with each other got a divorce and he was taken into foster care and then eventually his aunt took him in Mm -hmm. and then a year after that so when he was about five his mom died from leukemia and his dad was a really heavy drinker and um but so obviously they didn't have the best relationship like he wasn't taking care of him and so but then even like with such a hard home life lucas seemed to do pretty well in school like he seemed more intelligent than you would think he would be and they said especially in math which i don't know why that was super important but i was also good at math (laughs) i don't think we want to put ourselves in the same boat but i just want everyone to know that i was was really good good at at math math. i like that is something i'm proud of we are smart Smart. (laughs) we might sound dumb but we're not we're good at math okay sorry off topic (laughs) listen we have to try and be funny or else we'll get really depressed i know Also at school, though, it was pretty clear that he had anger issues and he was constantly getting in fights with his peers, which is just one student who talked to reporters that knew them said this about Lucas. I first met Lucas at school as he was put into the behavioral unit for getting into fights and just being a nuisance within school. He'd always be angry at people. But other than that, he was really nice. You could sit down and have a good conversation with him, which is just like, okay, okay. I feel like they probably were like his behavior. They're like family stuff. Like, yeah, nothing deeper. Like, 
He's just dealing, going through it. Just like typical, like acting out in school kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they had a friend named Adam who might have been the person that said all of that. It's kind of unclear at some points. So Adam, the kid from school, also told investigators and reporters later that Lucas had a weird, unhealthy interest in the murder of Adam's dad. He had been attacked outside of their home, like when a group of guys were like damaging his property and he had like gone out and they killed him. So that's That's... really messed up. And so that happened in August 2014. So like two years before the Lucas committing murder. But Adam said this, that Lucas was on my side with my dad's murder, but he sort of wanted to know a bit more about what really happened and how they got away with it, really. Which that he could be saying that just to get attention. Yeah. Looking back on it, being like, he really wanted to know. But also like, but also this as kid's a friend, weird. I can't so. imagine like looking back on that and being, being like, like, why did this kid? Oh God. Like, why did he want to know so much about like something that traumatic? To yeah. Me? Like when they didn't seem like that, like they seem like casual. Friends. Yeah. Neither of Kim or Lucas ever seemed like they really like had like best friends. best friends. Yeah. They like had friend group, I think, but not like super besties mm-hmm. <laughs> with anyone so in fact the first time that kim edwards met lucas markham lucas was in the middle of a breakdown and angry and throwing a chair across a classroom so he's pretty Cute. angry and violent and that really she, and she fell said, in love i like that one immediately yeah so they immediately became infatuated with each other and they started to have a sexual relationship pretty quickly and that's They're 13 when they yep, met yep yep Yep, yep. And obviously, Elizabeth, Kim's mom, not a fan of that. And was like, you know, you're 13. I don't think you should be having that kind of relationship. So that only made it worse. And, you know, telling teenagers not to be together is only when they're already dark and twisty. Yeah. Is not a good thing. So then Elizabeth was like trying and begging Kim to break up with Lucas. And at one point even banned him from coming into their house. But instead of sneaking around, they just went out in their garden in front of the house. Like, you couldn't come in. They didn't sneak around. They just did it right outside, you know, hung out. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I would, like, what is the point then, you know? Be like, they're just going to be outside. Like, whatever. That didn't work. The band didn't work on their yeah. house. Like, whatever. Um, Elizabeth was also quoted saying the couple was a time bomb waiting to go off. So, yeah. That's not a good no. way to refer to a couple. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth would also call Kim's half-sister Mary. Like I said, she was 26 at the time and would often talk about how worried she was about Kim ever since she started to date Lucas. So, like, she mm-hmm. did voice her opinions to other people. Um, Mary said this about her sister after everything happened was i knew my sister was unhinged i just didn't think she was that unhinged whoa yeah i mean you can tell like when something's not right but like i just the phrase unhinged unhinged. yeah that's a lot yeah i would not want to be called unhinged i hope she never said that to her face you're unhinged even if she did i think it's justified later i'll tell you more later but yeah but (laughs) she said that after everything happens so yeah. it's not like she said it to yeah face it would be bad if it was before i'm sure yeah, yeah. anyway you're unhinged and then she goes <laughs> she said yeah yeah uh so as the situation got worse between kim and elizabeth and lucas all of them three um kim and lucas ran away together in october 2015 and it took six days for people to find them that's a long time yeah they were found in a tent in some woods in a neighboring town nearby like so they're they're just in a tent together and people found them they like being outside (laughs) i mean no one wants them inside (laughs) so yeah there's that great 
So Elizabeth then, after they were found, went as far to tell the couple that they were not allowed to see each other at all, which Mm -hmm. obviously... It's not going to work. No, just pushes them closer together and more angry at you. To her her point, she didn't think they were going to kill her, but or getting violent with her, but maybe... He seems scary, so I would maybe be concerned, but he's also 13 years old, so. Exactly. You never know. Uh, at that's one, so weird about this, of like 13. That's so young. I know. And they were 14 when it actually, when they did that, but they were yeah. doing all of these other things exactly. at 13. Well, and it's like, like even last week's, I was like, these guys are like 16, 17. That's yeah. crazy. But like 14. It's 14. I liked One Direction when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> like, I still like them, just to be fair. But, clarify. Yeah. Yeah, that's just insane. Yeah. Uh, At one point, I'm not sure if this was before or after the murders, but Kim told psychiatrists that her life had become like a living, walking hell. (laughs) So that's how she felt about everything. Um, In March of 2016, so a month before everything happened, Kim took an overdose of painkillers in an attempt to kill herself. It didn't work, Mm -hmm. clearly, but she tried. Also, just warnings for the rest of this. This one is pretty like violent and dark and sad so i you don't have to listen if you don't want to and it involves children so but i also read somewhere that in like the month or two leading up to this lucas might have gotten expelled from school but i only read that in one source and Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure that's entirely true but okay don't quote me on that but i saw that maybe he might that might have happened for him uh there was also i saw a facebook interaction on one of the articles between um elizabeth and kim like 10 days before the murder and kim had like posted like a moody photo of herself like not smiling or whatever and elizabeth like commented where's your beautiful smile and kim said it disappeared and elizabeth said why hun this all on facebook why (laughs) kim said i don't know and then had a bunch of weird emojis like bear like a panda bear brown bear and then like food emojis after it it was very weird and then elizabeth said i think it's under your bed lol and i her smile smile yeah i think your smile is under your bed that's creepy i know like the original response is a very mom response yeah Yeah. but they also all had like exes like kisses after mm-hmm. every single one like even kim was saying them so i was like that seems passive aggressive yeah why hun <laughs> x it disappeared x but yeah interesting i also i'm not british so i don't know if a lot of people type like that i mean i think the kisses are like i don't know but including them in a weird conversation like that just yeah seems weird anyway so um the next month april 2016 Kim was obviously just getting more and more anger at her mom, and Lucas told her that the only solution was to kill Elizabeth. So, his idea, she thought he was joking, until they realized that they were not joking. And this is a quote from Lucas later on about this moment after the murders. I said, I wish I could kill them. And then she said, yeah. And she thought I was joking. And then she realized I was being serious, so she started being serious. They fully also just told everything to people. Yeah. Because they're dumb. I mean, I'm glad they told everything. Yeah. It's like last week. How how do you find each other? I know. How do they always find each other? It makes me so mad. I know. Like, I don't know how so many, like, I know bad people exist, but how are there so many that, like, live so close to each other that are the same ages and go to school together? Yeah, and, like, not only that, but, like, I don't know. It's just, like, think of how many people you passed in high school and, like, never spoke to. Yeah. How did they know that person's messed up like yeah. me. Like, that's just so... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it had to do with... Cla- like, yeah. I really hope there was no one I went to school with that was like that, but oh my gosh. <laughs> Same. I didn't think for that to be a... No. But yeah, it's but, so weird. 
I feel like every single one, like every case with two people, it's always mm-hmm. just like, how did you do yeah. that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. We're about to get to the murder mm-hmm. about what actually happened. So I wanted to say first that it took three attempts for them to actually carry out their plan. The first day that they tried was April 11th, two days before. And it didn't happen because um, Kim fell asleep and forgot to let Lucas into her house. And the same thing happened the second, the next night. So <laughs> they tried three Did nights in a row. Did she fall asleep though? Or was she getting cold feet about it? Um, you know? It said she fell asleep both times. I think that's truthful. Okay. Like I do think like later on, like when I'm about to tell you, like she definitely like gets a little bit of cold feet, but I don't think she had any hesitations actually about like letting him in and letting him do it. I think she had hesitations about herself doing it, but I don't think she had hesitations about him doing it. Okay. So now just so everyone knows, this is pretty brutal and has a few quotes from each of them about what happened. So it's not super fun. I mean, none of this is fun, but just wanted you to know. So on April 13th, 2016, Lucas Markham walked 30 minutes from his house to Kim's in the middle of the night, and he was carrying a bag with four kitchen knives. And once he got to Kim's, they had come up with a signal for her to know that he was there, and he would knock on the window three times, and then she was going to let him in through the bathroom window. So once he got in the bathroom, um, she pulled all the knives out and, like, handed one to him for him to pick out or for her to pick out and he was going to do it and so lucas's job was to kill elizabeth so he took the knife into elizabeth's room where she was sleeping and here are his words to the police about what happened i stabbed her in the neck where she was asleep on her side and smothered her face with a pillow he was purposefully targeting this is my words not his (laughs) he was purposefully targeting her voice box so that she couldn't cry out for help and that's it's really messed up that's messed up especially for like a 14 year old to think of that yeah that's why they did that and they did the same thing later to the younger sister (laughs) yeah so it wasn't a clean kill he's not that good at like he doesn't know what he's doing and it took about 10 minutes for elizabeth to go from while being suffocated and stabbed at the same time and so while lucas was in the middle of committing the murder Kim entered the room and she told police, I went into the room to see what was going on because I heard like noises and stuff. So I just wanted to check if he was okay. She just wanted to check on him. And she said, he was on top of her with a pillow over her head. Even though her voice box was stabbed, I thought I heard her say, get off me. And also in, I think in their trial, Kim was talking about how she could like hear her mom like gurgling and like making noise like just like that is so how can you listen to that and the last time that kim touched her mom was when her she saw a hand coming out from like the struggle and she thought it was lucas's so she reached out and then she like realized it was her mom and like let go and like it's like i don't want to touch her she was gonna like she was trying to hold his hand while he killed her mom yeah yeah so then Kim also said after about 10 minutes of Lucas putting his weight on her, she was dead. And the next part of the plan was for Kim to kill her 13-year-old sister, Katie. But then they said Kim had a panic attack and she wanted Lucas to do that part too. So she wasn't, she was okay with it still happening, but she wasn't going to do it herself. So Lucas was also willing to share this part of what happened to the police. And he said, I thought I stabbed her, but I'm not 100% sure it was her or the mattress. And then I smothered her face with a pillow too. And he also tried to get her voice box also. I think they were just like, we don't want anyone to know it's happening. Kim's reasoning behind killing Katie was to save her the heartbreak of losing her mom. Yeah, That is the most... 
It's just a lie. Like, just... Oh, yeah. Don't make shit up. No. And now I have Kim's actual words about how she feels about this. And so she said that killing Elizabeth was, quote, getting rid of the only problem I could see. I thought it would have been better for my sister to die, too. And then she added, I was not killing my sister out of anger, and I miss her. But I was excited about killing my mother, and I was looking forward to it. She fully said those words. She said that with her chest. What the <laughs> Heck. Yeah. Like she said, I was excited to do that. That is like, I miss my sister, but I, I was happy about it, you know? Looking forward to it. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So that was Here's the thing. Yeah. She did that because her mom was the problem in her life because she couldn't hang out with him. Yeah. And now they're both in prison. Yep, 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 yep. I'm glad. Actually I said that. I don't know. They for are sure. both I'm in glad prison they're both for in prison. Now. Yeah. But like <laughs> You said that as if, like, you're going to go get to live your life Life. with him. Yeah, no, you're not. (laughs) Like, honey, you have more problems now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think, well, I mean, I want to tell you what happened afterwards, but they got a couple days before anyone knew. (laughs) Yeah. Kim and Lucas's plan, now I'm moving on to, after the murder. So uh, their plan afterwards was to take their own lives originally. But then Kate, not Kate, Kim, I don't know why I keep saying, we just watched Cruel Summer. Maybe that's why (laughs) the K names. Um. Kim was also not able to go through that, that allegedly, I mean, who knows actually what happened, but again, these are also all their words, but I mean, they're pretty truthful about what they actually did. So I'm going to assume for the most part. So their plan B to that was to share a bath to wash off the blood so that the, I started, I read somewhere that it was so that the dog couldn't smell it, but also who wants to be covered in blood. That's really gross. And then they went downstairs to eat tea cakes and then they proceeded to like have a mattress on the floor and watch all of the Twilight movies. And they stayed in that house with Elizabeth and Katie's bodies upstairs and just watched TV, ate ice cream and had sex for several days. It had to reek in there. Oh yeah. They like, and I think I'm pretty sure like the only bathroom was like upstairs. Like I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but like, I think the bathroom that they had to use was upstairs and like, so they fully like went back up and down. Like they were around them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So after those couple days, the school started to be like, hey, these two are not showing up. Y'all coming back? (laughs) Yeah. Like, where are they? And Lucas's aunt had reported him missing, obviously. And it took about like 36 hours for the police to, I think they like would come in. I think a couple times they did knock, but like no one answered. Yeah. Yeah, No one answered. And Kim and Lucas weren't answering the door. (laughs) They were just laying there. And so finally on April 15th, the police finally broke down the door and like got in. And that's when they found the couple laying on the floor and they asked what had happened like the police asked them what happened and lucas just looked at them very calmly and said why don't you go and look i would not uh, want to go and look <laughs> i would be like imagine being the cop and just being like um, he I interviewed think- he was in it like he was just like it was really creepy and they're just like i, I don't, I don't think i to. want to I, i'm not qualified like, can I'm someone not. else uh someone else do this please so yeah Ugh. and then that's when they found the mutilated bodies of katie and elizabeth and thankfully, I don't have any details about what they actually looked like. I did yeah. not want to. Um, Elizabeth actually had had a partner, and his name was Graham. And he was the one to call Mary, Kim's half-sister, mm. to tell her that he had seen Kim being taken away in a police card, card, police car from their house. So I think he, like, stopped by, and that's when he saw that. And he also told police later that Elizabeth was scared to death of Lucas because he had a bad temper on him. So, like, yeah. Oh, 
this guy knew about it. And I tried to find more about him, but I couldn't. But also I do have one more thing from him was that he said, he told police he never trusted Lucas either and that the two murderers destroyed his life. He told reporters and investigators that Elizabeth was like planning for them to get married. And like they had been together for like 30 years or something. Like they had been together for a long time. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. And then Mary, the sister, had to be the one to come identify the bodies. So she had to drive all the way there. No. And I have a sad long quote from her. And she said, It wasn't until I went to identify the bodies that it really sunk in for me. I was like, I'm going to get there and it's not going to be Mum and Katie. It's not going to be them. But I knew as soon as they opened the door for me to walk in, I knew straight away. And I remember just breaking down and it was like, Okay, this is real. I haven't got my mom or my sister anymore. Listen. I understand needing to identify the bodies, Mm -hmm. but it is 2021. We got to find a different way to do that because people should not have to go through that. No. Also, this she's a mom, and so like to find her mom and her sister like like that. Also, I don't know why they did it in the house. To be honest, they took her to the house. I think so because she said it's not. They opened the door for me, so maybe. I mean, maybe it was. I hope it was like morgue or something. But yeah. She had to go in. I never, I never want to do that. No. I never, ever want to do that. Please, God, don't make me have to do that ever. I just, one episode, I love One Tree Hill, everyone. And I always just think about this one episode where someone, you have not seen this, okay. but someone has to like try and go ID a body and it is heartbreaking. But um, Major props to anyone who has ever done that because yeah. you have more strength than I will ever understand. So. Yeah, I could not do that. So now I did not watch these apparently on some show. You could watch the interviews of the two, but I would not. So I just have some people's thoughts on it and some quotes from it. So both teens were very calm in them and they showed no remorse or emotion during their interviews. And here were some of Kim's thoughts on what happened. She said, I was okay with it. The fact that it happened so quickly gave me peace of mind because it wasn't like torture or anything. 10 minutes is a long time. Uh, yeah. And I don't even know how long it took to kill her sister. I, I don't know. But yeah, it happened so quickly. It gave me peace of mind. Like, at the very least, that's 10 minutes of torture. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. I mean, being murdered is torture. So, anyway. Um, she also said, ever since I was young, I've never got on with my mom. I knew that she favored my sister more than me. Even though she said that she didn't, I knew she was lying. <laughs> And then she also said that she was happy that Lucas killed her mom and sister because now, in quotes, her mom doesn't have to deal. I kind of changed this, but I changed it to be talking about her. So her mom doesn't have to deal with her being suicidal and she doesn't have to wake up worrying every morning and see if Kim is alive. And her sister doesn't have to go through all the heartbreak and emotions and stuff and stuff. She said that. That all definitely stems from Kim herself. Yeah. Like being suicidal. Like, to me, this is me, someone who has no like psychological Mm -hmm. expertise but that sounds like someone who's like i don't really want to be alive right now so they're lucky kind of yeah you know i mean i definitely think she's not right in the head yeah Yeah. i mean she did try to commit suicide multiple times so they're really lucky because i killed them so oh my gosh yeah so now we're talking about the sentencing a little bit and kim's sister mary sat in the trial each day which I don't, like, I know you would have to just to hear it all, but I would not want to do that. That's so hard. Yeah. And Mary said that she was stunned by the lack of remorse. 
She told reporters, I was expecting at least something, especially when it comes to Katie. With my mom, I kind of knew that she wouldn't show remorse because she kind of hated my mom. We all kind of knew that. But when it came to Katie, I was expecting some and there was nothing. And even to this day, there is no remorse. And it's just like, gosh. Yeah. And this, it's even worse. And you know what? This part makes me think she would, Kim would deserve to be called unhinged to her face. Yeah. Because Mary said, I kept looking at Kim and I literally wanted to jump over that fence and knock her face off, basically. When she did look at me, she had the cheek to smirk at me. She smirked at me as if to say, ha ha. And I just looked at her and had to go out. I felt sick. To smirk at her after doing that, that's so messed up. Lucas and Kim were both found guilty of murder in November 2016, so the same year. Good. That's fast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how their justice system yeah. works, so maybe it's a lot faster. But um, Lucas had admitted to stabbing each victim 10 times in the neck. He admitted to that. In the neck? Yep. I mean, All it was 10 tra- in the neck? I don't know, I guess. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Kim denied murdering them and claimed she was suffering from a mental abnormality which impaired her ability to form rational judgments. But I'm pretty sure she had helped suffocate them. I'm pretty sure that she was the one that had actually held the pillow down at times. Mm. So she was part of it. And also, like I said before, doctors said to her earlier that they didn't see signs of mental illness. So I'm like, okay, like someone has said already that they don't think something's wrong with you right like a mental yeah. disorder, like that's like she's not well yeah but she's not like she doesn't have like a disorder yeah and she was trying to get a lesser charge of manslaughter but the prosecution was not accepting that Good. and i'm proud of that she was still found guilty of murder Good. by a jury and so while neither of the murderers were found really to have a mental illness they did say that kim maybe had signs of a personality disorder mm-hmm. but they didn't want to diagnose it because she wasn't 18 yet okay yeah some she didn't have mental health well she did have mental health. she didn't yeah. have a mental illness necessarily but she might have had a personality disorder which would make sense yeah she would be 18 now right yeah she's probably she might be older than 18 18 19 yeah okay i'm curious i know Anyway. Not that they're going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might if she tries to appeal at all. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know their process. So originally they were each sentenced to life or like 20 years, but then a judge later reduced it to 17 and a half years in prison. I don't know if they can get out or not. Like, yeah. I don't know, but they might be able to get out someday, which is like, oh, no, terrible. But anyways, um, as Mary exited the courtroom and reflected on everything, she said this, I was walking around thinking, great, my sister is a murderer. That took a while to come to terms with the fact that my sister is one of the youngest murderers. It's horrible. In my head, there will always be unanswered questions. You don't expect your sister to do something like that, especially to her own mother and little sister. There's always like, why Katie? Why did you need to kill Katie? I don't think I'll ever find peace. It's just so sad. Mary. Yeah. I hope she holds her babies tight and like loves them. Yeah. That was really sad. Yeah. Okay. I saw a little more. (laughs) Not a lot, but this might be a pretty short episode. But so at first, before the trial and like throughout the trial and stuff, the two teens were not named in the media or outside of the courtroom. Yeah. Because they were 14. Makes sense, but that's crazy too. Yeah. It was finally lifted on December 8th after a judge had initially been like, yes like we can say their names and then 
they didn't actually reveal her identities and for a little while later because the, their lawyers were trying to like appeal that decision. Yeah. But the judge that lifted the band was Mr. Justice Haddon Cave. It's a hyphenated name if anyone's wondering. And his reasoning was this. It is impossible for the public to properly understand this case without knowing the identity of the defendants and that these murders took place in a closed family context. This singular fact informs and colors one's entire understanding of the case. Unless one knows this singular fact, it is impossible to understand the true motive behind these murders. And I think they wanted to let people know, like, it's not someone that's coming around and killing yeah, people. Yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're if you're able to reveal, you know, this mother and daughter yeah. were murdered and yeah. there were two 14-year-olds who did it, but yeah. you can't say, like, it was one of the daughters. Like, yeah. that definitely does make yeah make things very different yeah and i think it also i think i read i didn't write this down but another judge or someone was just like people need to know like this is really messed up like yeah like he was just like why do they get to have their identities kept secret at that point point? and so the last things i have are some quotes from a psychologist named emma kenny who was interviewed on an episode of kids who kill evil up close and it like an episode featured this murder and i read an article that had a lot of quotes from her about it and i just thought they were interesting and it has mm -hmm. to do with uh, like how do people like this find each other yeah. and just like she talked about how the couple's difficult home lives and feelings of being unloved led them to draw close to each other and that was made it a very dangerous place of emotions for everyone and so now we're on to the quotes and she said if they hadn't met none of this would have played out and another psychologist named Dr. Carrie Nixon also said that it was unlikely that the couple would have carried out the murders if they hadn't been together. Yeah. So now we're on number two that says this. And she said that Markham felt needed and wanted by Edwards and that became intoxicating. He thought he was protecting her. And it's then, always like yeah. infatuation and oh, not yeah. love. It's like oh, absolute yeah. They obsession. don't know how to have yeah. love. Like they're incapable of that. I, I don't think that they are able to have that feeling <laughs> after that. Um. A third consultant forensic psychiatrist, Philip Joseph, also told the court about them. So three people have now told them, like, this hey, is not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they hadn't got together and had the intense toxic relationship, the murders wouldn't ha would never have happened. This is clearly a planned, controlled killing. There is control all the way through it. Bonnie and Clyde, that sort of intense attraction, emotional closeness, them against the world. It's that sort of thing that led on to this. People were comparing them to a lot of different yeah. duos that are unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. Like the Columbine shooters, they were all mm -hmm. just like, it's like, it's so crazy. So now I just have several more quotes from emma kenny the psychologist and she said they both had missing they both had some missing pieces and for whatever reason they didn't feel loved they felt like outsiders and when they found each other there was something very specific that connected them on a physical level and an emotional level there's a lot more sorry um there was an intensity a sense that it was them against the world that's a quite dangerous place to be when you don't have the conscience and ability to decode what's really going on. They feel like the world is against them, and it's almost like the Romeo and Juliet, but in a very dark-sided manner. It's mm. like, I don't know that I would compare them. I guess it was kind of like Romeo and Juliet, like you can't see each other at all, but... Yeah. And I guess they were probably the same ages as them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not that they were real, but... <laughs> 
Um, during Kim's interview with the police, like all of her, like, I didn't miss my, don't, I miss my sister, but I felt excited about it. Killing my mom. I'm sure the people doing these interviews are like, I do not want to talk to this I girl. Know. <laughs> I would never want to talk no. to them. Um, Emma Kenny watched that interview and she said that there's something missing when Kate's talk. I keep saying Kate. I'm so sorry. Kim and her sister named Katie. I'm just confused. My name's Katie. I'm just confused. <laughs> uh, there's something missing when Kim's talking. Part of that comes from her attachment issues and the fact that she felt badly done by. If you add to that some low empathy and a desire not to lose whatever it is she thinks they have and the consequences are dire. This is children acting in ways that they think adults would do and getting it wildly wrong. Mm -hmm. Which I think is like, that seems like it makes sense for like the trying to show no emotion. Like, yeah. Like, if I don't give anything away, like, but that makes them also seem super guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then I have a few more quotes. This is a lot of quotes. And... Not a lot of my own words, I guess, but I just think it's interesting yeah. when I have the quotes to give them. But Emma Kenny also said, I don't think either of them knew that it was going to happen that until it actually until they actually got to that day. But they were proving each other's love in the darkest ways. What should have happened at that moment was one of them said, this is a terrible idea. We do love each other, but let's stop this. Instead, they felt they could get it out of the way and then nothing would stop their love for each other. And they wanted somebody to pay for making them feel worthless. They were living in a fantasy planet. They didn't think past that fantasy and they were madly unprepared for the consequences. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I just felt like that encompassed it all. Yeah, like, that sums it up. Yeah. That's Don't get it. so messed up. Yeah. Goodness. That's the Twilight Murders. Might have been a shorter episode than That's normal. Okay. I don't know. But it's also not know. a fun one. So. Yeah, it's not a fun. I mean, no one They're wants to fun. dwell on that. <laughs> but but yeah. let us know, I guess, if you liked a shorter episode. Yeah. Because we can do more shorter ones. Mm-hmm. If people like them. Yeah. And maybe days where we do shorter ones, we can release two. Not to add to <laughs> my dad's workload. But, but if they're short, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how long it was, to be honest. Me neither. I have no idea what time we started. Anyway. Well. Um, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Just let us know if you want stickers. Yes, please. We, we want to send, send more out. Yeah. And you should follow us on all the things. Yeah. On Instagram at something sick podcast or on Twitter at a sick podcast or on TikTok, which we have not posted on in a while, but at something sick podcast. Cindy will get on that ASAP. I'm just kidding. I do not have <laughs> She's time. really busy. <laughs> um, or email us at something sick podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. See y'all. Talk to y'all next week. <laughs> Talk to y'all. See ya with my eyes. Peace. <laughs>